there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. A doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Hey, Dr. Rashid Batar. How's my friend? Uh, you ready for another uh, advanced medicine show here? I am, but you sound like you're almost worn out. <laughs> you know, I, it, it's been that week. I don't know what it was. Super Don, do you remember what it was this week? I said I needed a nap, and ever since then I've been on fire on the air. I just don't remember what happened sometimes. Uh, just kinda... What was that? You got oh, Yeah, it's, it's you know true. What it was? I, I fully expected you to be on crutches on At the radio. Point. But you know what it is, Do- yeah. Dr. Batar? It was this week when we heard that Donald Trump, was going to, or last week when he was going to um, put RFK Jr. in a position to head a commission to oversee issues of vaccine safety and scientific integrity, especially as it relates to the CDC. And I was just like beside myself excited about that. I was like, you know, this guy's going to be president and he's actually acknowledging there are issues there, much less knowing that there are, that he would, you know, put somebody that's far left liberal, but they're aligned on that issue. And I, it got me excited. It got me fired up, you know? Yeah, well, um, we talked about, um, you know, Trump's awareness of this um, before, well before while he was still on the campaign trail. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad that he did that. And, of course, he got attacked for it. But um, I'm glad he, he did it. And I'm, I'm very hopeful that it will make a difference. Yeah, and I'm under no illusion that there aren't forces allied against him and, and, and Bobby Kennedy even on this issue. And uh, they want to sabotage it because, you know, the vaccines are a serious, serious, in my humble opinion, the way it's run today, evil agenda. Again, we, you and I, we've said this, and even some of our friends get mad at us for this when we say we're not technically anti-vaccine. We're against the way it's done today because there's nothing wrong with helping the body's immune system to learn things safely, of course. But, right. man... You, and- you're very politically correct. Yeah, I think the exact words I said was we're uh, from the stage. I know I've said this. Um, it's not that Robert and I are against the vaccines. We're just anti-stupidity. Yes, exactly. And, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, because that, that's really, if, if it is really, if the agenda is really to help improve the immune system of a child, then the way it's being done is completely contrary to any logic whatsoever or any science whatsoever. Right. And it's, it's, uh, again, one of those hidden agendas, and it's highly suspect, because if it truly their agenda was to improve the immune system, they'd be doing it a completely different way. Right. And so right. that's really what it comes down to. Well, and props to RFK Jr. I mean, he is focused on this mercury issue like a bulldog. He will not let it go, right? And he's a guy that's been dealing with environmental issues and saw mercury in the environment and then was confronted by parents, moms, who said, hey, you need to look at this vaccine issue. And he was kind of reluctant because, obviously, he's always thought they were just fine. And now he sees and he's called out the CDC as a cesspool of corruption. That, yeah, mercury is, is the worst of the worst, but at the same time, there's scientific integrity issues where I've said scientific integrity is an oxymoron among the virologists and vaccinologists at CDC. Yeah, I like that. It's an oxymoron. That's, again, probably probably a very kind thing because I think it's, um, you know, we, we get into the actual motivation behind it. And an oxymoron would indicate that they're just unaware or they're foolish or, you know, not 
really paying attention to it, whereas I think it's a, it's much more sinister, but that's another topic for another time. Yeah. Now, have you ever been confronted by a patient, and I don't mean in a bad way, but in you know, a way where like, they're sort of exasperated, saying, Dr. Batar, I'm so confused. There's so much information. It's coming this way, that way. One says this. The other says the opposite. I don't know what to believe, where to begin. You've never heard that, right? No, never. No, never. Because <laughs> it turns out the the New York Times has an article called The Whiplash from Ever-Changing Medical Science or Medical Advice. And you know, I saw... Mm-hmm. I saw that, Robert. I thought that was your title to the New York Times article, but that, you're saying actually that's how they published it? Yeah, no, no, this is amazing. And, and it goes wow. to the heart of not only the lay audience that might be confused, but they're saying the doctors have got to be a little confused because there's so much contraindications in terms of information of the things they thought was right and true and the way they were learned or taught, and now, oh, wait, this coming up every week, it's something new to say, this is opposite that, that's a, and it's sort of like everybody's in a state of confusion, not just the lay folks, but the medical professional as professionals as well. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty um, amazing that the New York Times would actually publish it, but that's actually the truth of the whole matter, and that's what so many people are frustrated by that, and I think that's led to our current state probably in the last 10 years where, I think 10 years, maybe maybe 20 years ago, it would be safer to say where, where if your doctor said it, people would trust it. And about 10 years ago, I think if a doctor said it, people would kind of laugh about it. Right now, if your doctor says it, it's pretty much they're going to go the opposite way. But that's just, I'm not saying everybody, but there's more and more of a tendency to distrust your doctor, just like they distrust the government, just like they distrust the banker, just like they distrust the financial advisors, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There's, there's more of a trend towards autonomy and and independent thinking and self-reliance and right. you know sustainability than there was 10 to 15 years ago. Right, what, what the CIA still calls conspiracy theory. Right? Exactly. We, we exactly. call it critical thinking. Now, uh, this this writer you know wrote about this in, in context of uh, the latest uh, recommendations about, uh, this is from the American Academy of Pediatrics, apparently. Uh, it, it was uh, about, hey, we should give... Uh, no, this is from NIA, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Expert Panel. They said they recommend that you start giving babies peanut powder, peanut powder or extract in food, because you've heard of the peanut anaphylaxis that was very rare to never when we were growing up, very rare, to now so, so commonplace, and then come to find out that there are peanut proteins in certain vaccines that we would know are triggering these anaphylactic responses, severe allergies, and so they're saying, rather than let's look at the safety of vaccines, hey, let's just start giving them some peanut powder early. Maybe we can desensitize them before we shoot them up with this stuff. Yeah, and, and here's the problem, Robert. It's, it's kind of like the virus hunters. The, everything is blamed on a virus or some kind of infection as opposed to the toxicity aspect. Same type of scenario. It's a distraction and diffusion by misdirection, as you're as you're mm-hmm. alluding to. And And I completely agree with that. But see, the thing is that, if you if you start looking at the cause, you know you said the vaccine. It's probably the vaccine with the proteins that are causing this problem. But let's let's go back even further. How is the allergy developing? Because the allergy, as you said, in our generation, we didn't see that problem. And in the newer generations, the younger generations, you see that almost. I don't know what the statistics are, but it's quite frequent. It's not it's not rare by any stretch of the imagination. Well, it, I bet it, you. It's common enough that you'd probably be hard-pressed to find someone who isn't aware of the sensitivity to peanuts, right, who hasn't encountered somebody. That tells you it's in the mainstream. Right. In fact, you pick up any 
labeled, uh, any food item that's labeled, and it's, it'll say, you know, manufactured in a peanut-containing contain, facility. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it's pretty common to, to actually have that issue. And so we would, it would be interesting to see when the correlate, correlate the date of when, or not date, but the year that this started becoming more prevalent and see if there's an association with um, the advent of the National Vaccine Initiative in 1991, which is when they started, um, under the pretense of stamping out childhood disease, started inoculating everybody on the first day on the planet, first or second day right. on the planet. So it'd be interesting to see what that correlation incidence of autism back then, 10,000, one in 10,000. I think now it's what, 137 or something like that. Um, it would be interesting to correlate the dates of when did the peanut allergy, you know, what sure. was it, say, before 1991, and what was it say, three years, five years later, and what it is, now, is it now? Right. And remember, of course, a lot of allergies associate with uh, leaky gut, right? Which, of course, there have been, uh, you know, scientific studies to show, including Wakefield and others, that said, hey, look, we're seeing some strange stuff within the gut of children who are vaccinated. So it's not just antibiotics like napalm going in and destroying the gut, but vaccines play havoc in every area and every system of the body. Well, see, this allergy thing, Robert, it's, it's the, the leaky gut thing, really, that leaky gut is nothing more than a delayed IgG-mediated food allergy. It's the same thing. The only difference is instead of, in, instead of being an IgE-mediated or possibly an IgA-mediated, it's an IgG-mediated. And so you don't see the onset of symptoms right away. You may see the onset of symptoms um, 12 hours later, 24 hours later, 36 hours later. It could be as far as 72 hours later, and so you don't associate the ingestion of that food with that problem, particular problem. Um, so leaky gut is the exact same thing. It's, it's all an allergic reaction. The question is not if it's what's causing it or if it's an allergic reaction. Not The question is what induces an allergy in one person and not another person? And so one thing is if you disrupt the immune system from the way it's supposed to occur or how it's supposed to uh, function, then you're going to end up creating these types of anomalies that are really a compensatory response. So you, you can either have a hyperimmune response or you can have a hypoimmune response. You can either have a attenuated, uh, you know, decreased response or you can have a really flared-up type of response. So in people with a scleroderma and lupus and, and this type of stuff, you know, the peanut uh, allergies that they're talking about, these are a hyperimmune response to some type of a substance, which, which is offending to the system. And I bet you that if you didn't have the toxic substances in these vaccines that create a hyperimmune, well, that cause a, a disruption in the immune system and cause immunosuppression, plus the adjuvants like the protein powders that you're talking about, the peanut protein powders and some of these other things that are in there, like the formaldehyde and this and that, then yes. you wouldn't end up having a severe disruption. It's almost like hitting the immune system with a baseball bat on the behind the head and in front of the head. You're giving them an immunosuppressive, and at the same time you're giving them something to cause an, uh, an a, a hyper-response. Right. You're pulling on both sides, and that's what causes this type of problem. The body is responding. I'm surprised it doesn't cause more problems uh, than it does, but I think later on in life that's where the contribution to cancer and other types of uh, mm -hmm. more chronic and more uh, insidious disease processes begins. Well, and that's where we, we look toward homeopathics uh, to sensitize the immune system, like we've talked about nozodes and uh, the concept of homeoprophylaxis, because rather than hammer blowing the stuff with what, you know, the offits of the world think, oh, that's only a little bit, which is just tremendously overwhelming in a little infant. Uh, you, you're talking about energy signatures, gentle a ways to, to nudge the system, to awaken the system, alert the system, as opposed to, you, you, as you described it well, the, the hammer blow of the head by Lucille, according to those who watch The Walking Dead. Yes, Super Don, I know about Lucille.
You lost you me on that one, but I've heard. Wow, yeah, you got to be a Walking Dead fan to know that. Yeah, see, my, my son, you know, wanted a baseball bat for Christmas. I'm like, dude, you going after the baseball team? No, I want a bat like Negan. I'm like, what? And so you go online and you actually see this stuff. People are selling it, but fortunately, I found this cloth that looks like barbed wire. So I didn't get him real barbed wire. Just so you know. And no, he hasn't hit anybody over the head. He knows the difference between fiction and reality. All right, folks, we got Dr. Rashi Bajar on, advanced medicine, and a little bit of uh, the walking whatever for Super Don. We're going to be back with more powerful healing. We've got a big question of the day for Dr. Bajar as well. You won't want to miss it. Links up in the show notes, robertscottbell.com. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. If you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, each week we go to Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rashid Batar. He's the author of the international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. You can find him at drbatar.com, D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com. We'll have news of an upcoming webinar and how you can participate a little later in the show, so don't go anywhere. Stick with us through it all. And we got, you know, more on this New York Times article, Dr. Bittar. This is really fascinating because it says, you know, people are all have been confused for a long time. Conflicting information, even in the nutritional world. You go in a health food store, one thing's good, then it's bad, right? Same thing within the medical literature, peer-reviewed literature. And doctors have got to be, their heads spinning. So the question is, how can we help them, right? Because you've been on a solid path. I've been on a pretty solid path, you know, in, in helping folks. And you've been training doctors with advanced medicine seminars over the years, but you don't have them often enough. So, you know, what can we say? How do we kind of take it from the broad confusion that the New York Times is referencing here to something that can help the docs help the people? So it's a difficult thing to recommend um, a source of information that is always going to be reliable. I mean, I... It, it almost seems this, it almost seems like that you set this question up so I can say, well, I think people should listen to our show to get the, <laughs> the best information. I don't know if that's what your agenda was, but um, you know, that's what Superdon said. Superdon said, "Hey, do that and funnel them all into the show." Okay, yeah, but, listen but, to the show. Yes, but Superdon didn't expect me to come out and just give our agenda out. Like you know, he's probably going, "Damn it, why did you have to say that?" <laughs> he's like, yeah, I tried we need to have a meeting. We need to have a meeting after the show, Doctor Batar. Yes. <laughs> See, you can't fool Doctor Batar. He's on to you. So, and I'm sure he wasn't trying to fool me, but it's like you know, this, is, this will be a good opening, and we can go there, and then yeah. Well, you know, it, look, natural news. I think is great. Mm-hmm. You, you and I both, um, you know, we all we all watch a lot of the information there. Super Don's um, done work for them too, so. I mean, I think they're they're a great source. I think that the most important thing is for a person to rely upon their own um, BS meter. Uh-huh. I didn't say the word. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Meter. You can say bull snot. Yeah, their bull snot meter, because this is the thing. I think the reason that the show, for example, or the advanced medicine seminars or Tides program or many of the things that, that are good, solid information, I think the reason that they organically um, grow and they end up having a spontaneous almost eruption and growth and worldwide following, et cetera, is because 
the information that's being provided resonates with the individual, and their BS meters don't go off. So, the, you know, truth has a way of resonating. And I think if people rely on that and say, okay, I, I don't know whether the source is good or not, but how does it make me feel? Does it make sense to me? Does it follow logical thought process? Is it a, is it a sequential, linear thought process? Or is it just extrapolating something out of nowhere? Like if you if you sit down and think about how the vaccines work and you think about what what the mechanism of action is and you start looking at what's in the vaccines, there is a, an obvious disconnect. It's like, wait a second, if how can you say one plus one, whatever, you know, whether you say it's two or 11 or whatever number, but it's certainly yeah. not going to be equal to WZX, you know? So <laughs> yes. And numbers, yes. you know, you can, can you can argue about math, and but it's not going to lead to something else. So it, Well, it, I, I think where you're, where you're going, I love where you're going, because truth resonates, doesn't it? And you exactly. can feel it. Now, some people would say it's a smell test. You can smell the smell test, but unless you're suffering with anosmia, then you can't pass the smell test. But we're talking about smell of another sense, if you will, a deeper sense of right and wrong, of truth and lies. And, you know, we cannot overlook the importance of that because so much of the confusion is caused by the misdirection, purposeful misdirection to say, no, 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 there's no way your gut, your heart could ever sense what is right and wrong. You need to come to us, the experts. We've got the degrees. That's exactly right, Robert. That's exactly right. They need to rely on themselves. They need to rely on their own uh, resonance matching up with the information that's being provided to them. And, you know, here's the thing. Your truth and my truth may be different than somebody else's truth. And this is what, at, at some point, certain people are not ready for certain information. And there's that old thing, when the student is ready, the master will appear. You can say that in the journey that we have yes. in life, some of us have to go through that evolutionary process. Some of us are more evolved. Some of us are not as evolved. So whatever it is, the answer is, for everybody, the message may be different. I think the end result, the desire is the same, but we have to start to rely upon, I don't want to get too, you know, fluff, fluff metaphysical here, but my point is we have to rely upon our own innate intelligence to guide us, and that's really where that, that truth lies. Amen, brother. That's right. You preach it, Dr. Batar. I'm with you. Absolutely right. No, no, no. That's the, the real, uh, you know, reliance on the inner messages coming from source, the creator. We're there with you. RobertScottBell.com. Check it out. Links are up. We've got more after this. Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day! The information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Questions any time of the day or night, 24-7. I don't care what time zone you are around the world. You can do so by calling 866-939-BELL and leaving a message when we're off the air or live on the air. Or go to robertscottbell.com and submit a question there for me and or Dr. Rashid Bittar, which somebody has just done. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right, this one's for uh, me and you, Dr. Batar from Terry. It says, hi, RSB and Dr. Batar. I have a situation I'd like to share with you to get your thoughts. I have a friend who acquired pneumonia last spring and went through two rounds of Leviquin. Of course, she was overtaken with Candida, to which they then prescribed four rounds of Nystatin and a round of Fluconazole. 
She's still very sick with symptoms of something she describes as uh, a flowering that begins in her upper chest and extends into her head and ears with increased mucus production whenever she eats anything. Her ears are ice cold to the point of being painful. She feels she is dealing with candida. I suggested the silver nebulizer treatment and gave her your book, Unlock the Power to Heal. She began using silver reports. She is feeling like she might live now, but still having overwhelming symptoms. Her MD suggested an enhanced CT scan of her lungs, and when they did, the, the contrast did not show up in her lungs. They're all baffled. She told them about the silver, which she had not done for 24 hours prior to the scan, and of course, they have no idea. Any suggestions of the next step to improve her immune system or ideas about why the contrast did not show anything up? Thanks so much for all you do to help us be healthy in spite of the allopathetic profession. Terry, wow, that's cool. Terry's on board. Uh, thank you for asking that. And I read through it quick because it's a lot, but uh, Dr. Batar, I think you saw it as well. What do you think we can do to help in this case? Well, I think the nebulizing of silver is a very sound way of doing things when it comes to improving ventilation of the lungs. And I think that um, one of the one of the other things that can be done is I actually use a combination. Again, now we're not prescribing a treatment here. Right, but just general information. Yeah, General information. So um, one of the things that a person can do is they can take 50-part um, silver and 25 parts hydrogen peroxide and 25 parts saline or, or water. Um, and, you know, there's different mixes that you can do. Sometimes the peroxide, when you nebulize it, can be sort of burning. But I use a, usually use a combination, and it really seems to work well. I've used it with not only just uh, acute cases, but the chronic cases are actually more difficult to deal with because right. it's just it's just been there for so long and the body, I think, goes into that mode and it's always in defensive mode and then you've got other opportunistic things that have grown. So you've got the whole ecology of the lung having been changed and so sometimes it takes some time to reverse it. And so that's one of the things that they're already doing, so that's good. I know this is a really, it's going to sound silly, but this is one of the things that I believe is really, really forgotten, and that is in Eastern philosophy, you get your power from what they call the chi. You get your power from your breath. In martial arts, you get your power from your breath. Right. And I think people don't breathe correctly. That's one of the problems. And if it's an exercise of taking deep breath in and out every day, like really taking in a deep in, in inspiration. And remember, when you inspire, you're, you should, your stomach shouldn't be going in. It should be going out. You should inspire, inspire taking the breath in. Your stomach should be going out. And take it to the maximum level. And if you think you can't take any more, take it in just a little bit more. And yeah. then start breathing it out. And what happens with most people is they start coughing. Sometimes they'll have a violent fit of coughing. And the reason is because they're getting air and oxygen into parts of the lungs that haven't been expanded. You're That's right. That's the reason yeah, exercise is so good. No, and you're not being, this is not silly at all. This is, I love that you're going here too. In fact, I remember uh, recently, like someone had a stethoscope to my chest, like a, like a, a nurse practitioner or a PA, somebody was learning, right? And said, take a deep breath in and then breathe out. Okay, breathe in again. And I said, I'm still breathing out, you know, because I, I, when I can breathe deep, I can breathe deep because, you know, I get right. that, the chi energy. I thought it was funny. I was like, they're used to people breathing so shallow. They're like, you didn't give me a chance to breathe out yet. Come on, man. So Exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I actually uh, sometimes just laying in bed. My wife will ask me, I can, I can take, I can slow my breathing down, and I'm not trying to necessarily hold my breath. I can basically take two breaths in a minute. So my inhalation mm -hmm. and my yeah. exhalation will take 30 seconds. Wow. And that may sound ridiculous, but it's, you know, I've been doing this for years, and so you, your body will become accustomed to it. And your heart rate, you'll actually become conscious of your heart rate changing when you 
take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. In martial arts, to get your portion, people break those boards and this and that. You'll see on YouTube, you'll see some of these people that are able to break boards, and then when they're doing it and they can't break it, and it's the funny videos that keep on hitting themselves, it's because they're not focused. They don't have the breath. They're not channeling mm -hmm. through themselves. So the point is here, it's just, yeah. it's just a therapy thing. Get more oxygen in there because right. oxygen is going to be, um, obviously we need it to, to survive, but oxygen yeah. is also detrimental to certain other anaerobic species of bacteria, um, certain other things like with cancer, for example, go and increase their oxygenation. So just getting out somewhere, you know, opening up your windows or just taking deep breath in. Of course, you don't want to do it if you live in China or somewhere with this high levels of air pollution. Oh, yeah. um, but just deep breathing in and out, in and out. Mm -hmm. Get that, you know, it's almost like taking a blanket and dusting it so you can get all the cobwebs and all the food items and all the bugs and all that stuff out of your right. Yeah, out of the, what's been sitting in that blanket for the last two months of it hasn't been used. Well, once again, going deeper than uh, anybody expects that we do. We do here on the Robert Scott Bell Show Advanced Medicine version with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Uh, you know, there's another aspect. Our good buddy, Dr. Roby Mitchell, of course, really addresses the, the fungal issues, right? And in this case, this woman was on Nystatin and Fluconazole multiple rounds. And, you know, listen, it's one thing to use an antifungal you know, in a short burst to get you over a crisis. But, man, they are liver toxic. If you don't know what you're doing, you can make things worse. You, you can't. Having said that, sometimes if it's really gotten bad, the person has become really susceptible, you know, it's, it's a good tool to use if you have, one, the accessibility to it, and, two, you have somebody that knows how to use it. And, right. And I have resorted to that, in fact, uh, 10, uh, we, talk, we talked about that recently. Yeah, from 1997 to probably 2001, I think I've prescribed more antifungals, prescription antifungals, than probably all the doctors in the United States put together. I prescribed a lot of them, and especially with children. And there was a we, we saw an improvement. The problem was, of course, if you don't deal with the underlying toxicity issues, the, right. once you stop the antifungals, the problem will come right back. So you have to do it in conjunction. And the way we did it, we dealt with the underlying pathology, and we were able to actually, when we took them off the antifungals, continue to see improvement. Um, I eventually stopped using um, prescription antifungals as much as I did. I still use them occasionally, uh, but I stopped using them as much because we had other modalities that worked as well, and we could keep them on them for right. a longer period of time without any detrimental side effects. Yeah, and that's the point of this. Is like you said, we have talked about the use of drugs in appropriate fashion versus the way they're utilized uh, pretty much all around the world, the Western world today. And there is a distinction that needs to be made, kind of what we talked about, the confusion of doctors among all the science, even their own science, if it's not confusing, their misapplication mis mis of the medicines, because maybe they don't know enough. I don't know. I mean, I'm not making excuses, but, you know, that's where these tools become destructive instead of helpful. That's exactly right. It's uh, We've talked about this before, so it's not the tool, but as I like to affectionately refer to it, it's the idiot who's wielding the tool that makes a difference. <laughs> Yeah, using it wrong or too long, any number of ways to go go about it. Now, we, we talk also about modulating immunity. Uh, there's an interesting article here on the Natural Blaze about mainstream science finally admitting that vitamin C uh, has the ability to cure cancer, and it's not a conspiracy theory. I, I call it vitamin C-motherapy. Uh, you know, we've talked about this. I believe selenium can do it micrograms, what C can do it grams. But, again, there are ways to address aggressively flooding the system with vitamin C it seems to have benefits, seems to be science supporting it. Yeah, and vitamin C has been a mainstay in our practice for since we started. I mean, it was one of the first things that I was doing, um, high-dose vitamin C. And there are certain protocols that are looking for therapeutic levels of vitamin C. Um, I usually do it based upon body weight, but 
Um, some of the newer stuff that's come out actually talks about how different people may utilize it or metabolize it differently, and so they're looking for a specific level, a therapeutic level that's measured uh, in the blood. And um, so uh, uh, there's various ways of using uh, vitamin C, but the use of vitamin C as a uh, therapeutic modality should not be overlooked. It should be always considered. And the unique thing about vitamin C is people call vitamin C an antioxidant. And yes, it does have antioxidant uh, uh, components to it, but vitamin C in cancer, it's not working through the antioxidant component. It's actually acting as an oxidant. And this well, may be... It's interesting you say that because even in this article, they talk about increasing hydrogen peroxide levels in cells, interestingly yeah. enough. Yeah. So I, I didn't know whether that was too deep to get into this conversation. We may not even have enough time, but... But basically, vitamin C is, um, you know, when you talk to people about ozone, for example, right, ozone is very detrimental. It's very negative. And, and so when you ask a, a provider that's doing ozone therapy, well, why would we do something that's, that's uh, non-beneficial? Well, again, it's how you utilize the tool. Understanding how ozone works, you, it becomes a very, very powerful modality of treatment. Um, ozone, hydrogen peroxide, um, uh, ultraviolet blood radiation, vitamin C, these are all oxidation therapies, oxidant therapies that if used appropriately can be highly, highly effective at reducing the body's burden of some of these opportunistics and stimulating the immune system, causing some other types of reactionary uh, type of responses that are, that are desired responses. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like I said, th- these are the things that, uh, you know, we go back and we've talked about IV chelation therapy, you know, in the, in the early part of the 20th central, center part of the uh, 20th century. Uh, discovered and utilized uh, for removing lead specifically. And then they found the side benefit that uh, calcification within the arteries was being cleared up. And suddenly doctors said, hey, why don't we do this for cardiovascular disease? And, of course, there was an emerging science, if you can call it that, of uh, bypass surgery. It became a multibillion-dollar operation. They said, you know, we can't have doctors doing this for cheap without opening patients up. And, of course, then it became quackery. So there's a lineage, there's a history as to how this concept came about where they had to discredit anybody utilizing things like vitamin C or the amino acids you talk about in chelation, and they had to discredit it. And that's actually the the subject of uh, my book that was actually supposed to come out before the nine steps, which hopefully will be coming out in the very near future. It's been written a long time ago. Um, Some things that we're updating in it right now, but it's, it's exactly about this history and how the treatment, which was actually in the physician's desk reference in, in the 1950s and recommended by doctors uh, before the advent of bypass surgery. And then, of course, when that came along, as you said, um, it was, uh, you know, made to be not effective. And, and it's even been re- written about in the Meserly's, uh textbook of cardiology, which I'm looking at right now. It's been written about in, in many um peer-reviewed papers and the importance of reducing heavy metals. So it's a very valid treatment. And, of course, like everything else that works, you know, it's ridiculed and Mm -hmm. goes through the three phases of truth. Yep, and it's self-evident for some of us, but we're already there. And if you're not, we're here for you. When we come back, I know you can't get enough of Dr. Batar. We've got an upcoming webinar this week. We're going to tell you about how you can participate, pay attention, and write it down or go to the Robert Scott Bell Show show notes. It'll be there. We're going to talk about it next. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Mm-hmm. 
The information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Every once in a while, you know what you crave some bonus Dr. Batar, right? We do these, uh, we've done advanced medicine seminars over the years, and uh, now online webinars as well. And there's one coming up this Wednesday, I believe it's the 19th of uh, January. Yep, that's right. So it's 7, oh, 18th. Wow, man, it's coming up quick, folks. If you want to take part, it's you, it's a private association. Therefore, Dr. Batar, and occasionally when I participate too, we can say things we can't say even on the air. No, it's true. And in order to participate, Super Don, sending out the links. We're going to add it in the, the show notes. I'm going to tell you right now, for those of you who are not auditorily impaired, you're hearing it. It's advancedmedicine.info. Advancedmedicine.info. But if you go there and you don't know the code, the special code, the invitation from me, Robert Scott Bell, the Robert Scott Bell Show, you ain't going to get in. Just going to tell you. And, it, and it's not that, oh, we don't want you in. We want you in. You're listening, so I'm about to give it to you. If you haven't done this before, you got to be a member of the Ors Association. It might cost you a buck, a dollar, if that. If you're already a member, it's not going to matter. But 1358 is the code to get in. Advancedmedicine.info, 1358, and you got to go in and agree to the things that say, hey, you know this is not about public health, and so you can be able to receive direct information without censorship. Did I say that correctly, Dr. Batar? You did. You said it beautifully. In fact... If you're, um, forget about the webinar for a second, if you listen to what Robert and I talk about, and if you really, uh, if it makes sense to you, if it resonates with you, and if you really feel that it um, opens you up and, and makes you feel like what we're talking about is your truth, then forget about the webinar for a second. You should join that because it's going to give you an ability to access content that, Otherwise, you would not get. And the reason you wouldn't get it is because we're not allowed, we're not protected by the freedom of speech. Now, if we were talking about pornography or something like that, we would be. But Isn't because we're talking about health, we're not protected. Yeah. And I'm, I'm only being a little facetious here. I'm, no, you know, no, is, you're right. I mean, you can talk about some horrific stuff as long as it's not about empowering people to heal themselves without big pharma and FDA. And, you know, it, it all, anything goes. But you start healing people without permission, right? We don't ask for permission where none is required. When you're part of a private association, you're no longer in their domain, right? They, get, right. To, they get to butt out. They, they can't use the argument that under pretending to uh, be concerned about your safety and because you're members of the public, you're not smart enough to know what's right for you and what's wrong for you. So that's why they have to step in and police it. So this is basically you acknowledging that you don't need that protection, you don't need that policing. And when you get enter the private association, you are now, they have no jurisdiction over you. And so right. we have thousands upon thousands of people that are members. It's $99 a year. That's what the association fee is supposed to be. But as a special, we've said that's $1 because we don't, we're not trying to make money on this. We just want people to be, have a venue to get in to get information. So it's a lifelong membership for $1. So even if you don't want to, and not interested in this webinar, I would still. Uh, encourage you to get in there. And, Robert, I don't know whether you know this, but for all people that are in the IADFW, all the Know Your Options DVDs, mm -hmm. all six are from the ones that you narrated, yep. they're all in there for free. They're all streaming, and everybody can have access to them. So wow. these things sell for like 80 90 bucks each on uh, on yeah. um, eBay, on Amazon, I mean. Yeah, and, Dude, that's um, worth the price of admission. Beyond worth yeah. the price of admission. International Association for a Disease-Free World. Go to Advanced 
advancedmedicine.info, your code, your invitation code, because you listen to the Robert Scott Bell Show in Advanced Medicine, 1358. Super Don, did you send that out, blast it out to the world? Those following us on Twitter and Facebook? Just yes, did, yes. yes. Just did, okay. And so it's Robert, out there too. just one other yeah. thing. Once yeah. they get there, once they get into the association, then you'll see the link for the webinar, and you can okay. then just go ahead and register for that link. Beautiful. And, and if you don't want to do that, you can always become a Democrat <laughs> and, and take more expensive drugs. Because the final story of the day, it goes to the Democrats voting no on prescription drug imports because they say, hey, drugs are too expensive. Yet when given an option to make it cheaper by allowing imports, uh, they vote no. Why? They receive 70 per, 70% more big pharma money than those who supported. Now, Dr. Batar and I are not arguing the problem of health care in America is that drugs are too expensive. We think they're far too available. <laughs> you know, we want more healing substances, not toxic substances. Uh, but the reality is there's so, there's so many conflicts of interest uh, in those that p- pretend to protect the public health. In fact, they're harming it. And yet those are the ones that get away with it. But not here, not now, not ever, not on the Robert Scott Bell Show, not with Dr. Batar when we go advanced medicine. Hey, great show, Dr. Batar. Enjoyed it immensely. Well, thanks, Robert. I enjoyed it, too. I think it's, uh, it's like always, it goes too fast. Yeah, everybody, breathe deeply like Dr. Batar does and then report back to us. In the meantime, Dr. Batar, tell them what they need to know before we go. That the power to heal is yours. Yes, it is. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Show.